Hey, listeners. This is John. And this is Patrick. And, and this uh, is Pop Culture Continuum. Well, they're going to hear that in a minute. Dumb, dumb. Uh, oh, true. But, uh, yeah, this is a special episode for us. We had uh, we were contacted by some people for a TV show, which uh, does not happen to us. And uh, so we had a couple things to say before we started. Pat? We had a, a great amount of fun watching the show, surprisingly. Because when people just contact you and say, watch this show, it doesn't usually turn out good. And it did. Fair Trade is a fun show. That's the show we'll be talking about. And we had a lot of fun talking to the creator and star of the show. Yeah. Uh, both great people. Canadians. So, you know, what do you expect? Even if they're even if they're assholes by Canadian standards, they're great by American standards. Um, I have a list of serial killers from Canada that disproves your theory. But go ahead. Uh, are, well, were they like born in Canada and moved to Chicago or Detroit when they were like six months old? Listen, it's a long list. If you uh, want to get into it, you have to listen to my new podcast. Oh, and that is called Canadian Serial? Ooh, that's better than my name. Which was? RCMP. Really cool meat packets. Oh, I don't know. I, I kind of like the, uh, I like. well, you, you just said what it meant, So, but I like the idea of uh, keeping people guessing, you know. Uh, and on to the show. Oh, all right. Distance in existence, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey guys, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we have we've had a lot of cool guests on this show. After today, I'm willing to say they're all giant pieces of shit. Uh, because this is an above-the-title star. Uh, we've never met her, but she seems really cool. Uh, Anna Golia. Hello, Anna. Hello, hello. What an introduction. <laughs> uh, so when you say they're all pieces of, of crap, are you including her? Including no, be, no. Oh, good. I just want to make sure you weren't directly insulting oh, someone. I would, I would say yes, I am part of that group. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. We, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> okay. So before we actually start, I think I, I just want to make it clear that, that when we talked to your, your PR person, we were very polite. So don't blame them for any insults we say or stupid things we say. No, don't worry. Yeah. No, they, your, your PR people were really good. Um, yeah, they're very cool. But, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. But you're here. You have a new show, and I, I'll let you talk. I promise. But I will say, um, people who listen to this show know I think pretty much 95% of everything is awful, and I do not kiss people's ass. Uh, like Trump, he's an awful person. I'll say it. I'll come right out and say it. Uh, but I actually liked this show. I thought it was super awesome, and you were great. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so it, I didn't know what to expect, but it's, I don't know. Canadians are funnier than we Americans are. And and this show is super weird, which I loved and wasn't expecting. Super weird. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was talking to John before we, we started talking to you that you're listed as like the star, but it's more of an ensemble cast. Did you feel like any, you had to give up any ego to be a part of a cast like this? 
No, absolutely not. There's no ego on, on my side of things ever. I'm just always happy to be working and happy to be working with such amazing and talented people. Um, yeah, so definitely no ego here. Um, it was just such a blast to be working on this show. Like my castmates are incredibly hilarious. Um, and just, they didn't even try like coming to work every day. I was, I was, I almost felt pressure cause they were so good. They were so funny and so original with their ideas. I was like, Oh God, I got to step up, got to step up my game. Well, you did. So, I, you're awesome on the show. Um, Thank you. Sorry, Pat. Had you ahead. worked with these these uh, the your castmates before? What, no, the... I've never worked with either of them, which is so rare, at least in Toronto, because it's such a small film and television community. Um, but no, this is my first time working with them, and hopefully not the last. But how did the sh- show come? Oh, sorry, John. No, I was going to say, but you were on Degrassi, which is huge in Canada. We we did an episode on Degrassi. I watched some Degrassi, which is kind of creepy for someone my age, but <laughs> not I, at all. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's che- it was cheesy, but f- in a fun way. I think I watched the original uh, show. The original Degrassi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, are you like, what is your level? Can you walk down the street in Toronto? Yeah, I definitely can. I'm really lucky to be living in Canada because I find that the fans are very, very different. The fans in Canada are like very, um, they're they're very quiet and super low key. Like I'll be, you know, at the doctor or like getting blood work done, and they'll just look over and be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But they'll keep it to themselves and they won't say anything. Whereas in the U.S., I feel like people are a lot more. Um, um, confrontational, but in, in a good way, of course. Um, but they're just a lot more open. Like they come up to me and they ask for pictures. So it's, it's a very different vibe, but I can definitely like walk down the street or go to a mall or a movie theater and like be super chill. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I think, I don't even know if we mentioned the name of the show. It's fair trade, F A R E trade. Yes. And, uh, and Pat, yeah. you had a question, I think. How did this show come about? Like, were you one of the, who was cast first? Ooh, um, I don't even know the answer to that question. I think I think I might have been the first one on, but I could I, that could be a total lie. That's a question for Jonathan Hirsch, our uh, creator, executive producer. Um, however, um, how I got involved with the show was through. Uh, Divya, who is uh, one of the EPs on the show as well, um, I had a relationship with her previously. I knew her in the industry, and she kind of sent this project my way and said, hey, can you just read these scripts? Let me know what you think, and then I want to chat. I was like, okay, cool. I'll do that. I read the scripts. I thought they were hilarious, super reminiscent of Sunny in Philadelphia and like all that fun stuff, and um yeah, I just relayed my, my thoughts and feelings on the project. And she said, okay, cool. Um, we want you to play Janet. I was like, what? Cool. Okay. <laughs> it's something that's very different for me. And um, because of being on Degrassi for the last, uh, you know, whatever, however long it's been, um, I, it's, I haven't really had much of an outlet for my comedic side of things. Um, so this was a really, really nice change of pace and um, and got to exercise some other skills. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely, you nailed it. Like when the show was described to me, I did not expect your character to be so, like, it's full on comic. It's not, 
there's not much else you could say about it. You're really <laughs> funny. It's it's and it's funny you say it's always sunny because the, the your character kind of reminded me of a version. Not I mean not not saying it's co- a copy a version of Charlie from It's Always Sunny when I watched it. No, kind of. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> <you said that. laughs> I think you're, well, you're kind of like the, the sanest person on the show though. You're, you're kind of the voice of reason, even though you have a super dark past. I don't know. I don't want to give too much away because I want people that's, to watch it. I mean, that's why I feel like it's like Charlie. Charlie's kind of the, 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 the sanest, but also the craziest at, at the same time. And I feel the same yes. way about Janet. Yes, totally. Well, and, and she's also obviously the youngest, which is also really funny to me. It's always sunny was what came to mind to me too because they're kind of awful people, but they're also Canadian awful. So they're really more like American, just regular middle class people. They're, <laughs> they're not that terrible. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, do you want to give try to give a brief description of the show, Anna? Yeah. Um, so fair trade is is <laughs> centered on these three characters who try to live a life. Uh, without money. So they trade everything for anything and everything just to get through their daily lives because they're all broke. Um, And it's really hilarious, like all the the different dynamics and each character is just so different and the combination of everything together is just ridiculous and, and you're definitely in for a good laugh. Yeah, and I think like just a basic synopsis like that doesn't do it justice because like i said it's staunchly weird it, it reminded me in some ways of like kids in the hall sketches yeah uh, the, yes, the type of humor yeah. Um, yeah it's hard to describe this show i i've i've struggled with putting together an accurate um an accurate description but it's it's tough yeah no <laughs> but watch it yep go watch yeah, it I've, I think it's it, with these kind of shows that are, have a little bit, a touch of absurdity, but not too much are hard to describe and give it justice while you're describing it. Because when you just hear that, it just sounds like a regular show, but it's a little bit, I think, funnier because it's so absurd. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and even It's Always Sunny isn't like a perfect comparison. The humor is is no, different no. enough. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a touch point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and is it, so is this available like worldwide? Can people in the U.S.? watch it as well or is it canada only for now i believe that you can uh you can all watch like around the world you can watch on bunslife.com b-u-n-z life.com or on the buns facebook page there's like a facebook group i think it's called bunsiverse or something um (laughs) so you can watch it online and for those in canada they can watch on bellfide tv oh nice Um, yeah and so, and what what kind of reaction have you gotten about the show so far? So far, everyone has just been saying like how ridiculous it is and how how funny but strange and quirky it is. Um, it's all been super positive, which I'm really grateful for. Because with something as um, with something like this show, it's such a it's 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 a type of humor that either will you will love or you won't love. And yeah. so far it's been everyone just loving it and just cracking up, which I'm so uh, happy to hear and grateful for because the creators and, and producers on the project really worked, really worked their butts off to make this happen. No, it's great. And I, 
I did some research. So you also um, just released a single, and I, you're going to release another one this week. Um, I am. Which I bought on iTunes, so thanks for oh. nothing. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I want to say, uh, I mean, I'm not your target audience for sure, but uh, most of the concerts I attended in my life were like in smelly basements that ended with a band saying, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, and I want to say... Um, I actually enjoyed the B-side more. I, it was a nice ballad that reminded me of, like, I don't know, some kind of lush 70s thing with Beatles touches and stuff. Anyway. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. That, this whole, um, I don't even know what to call it. It's I guess it's technically an EP, but in my eyes, more of an album. Um, it's, it was just such a labor of love and took so long for me to, to put together. It took, like, uh, four years. Um, and it was a very, very personal, and this is like my first kind of, um, first dive into the, into the music scene. So I'm, uh, it's been nerve wracking, but super, super exciting. And did you write the songs as well? Like, are you, do you play yeah. an instrument or? Yeah, I play piano. Oh. Uh, so all the songs were, were co-written, all eight tracks. So it's not like a Beyonce thing where she throws in one syllable and she gets songwriting credit. You actually. <laughs> no, although Beyonce, I mean, she is one of my one of my icons. Beyonce's so don't, great. Don't. I'm not I'm not trying to diss her. She she deserves that publishing money. But uh, oh, no, that's great. This dovetails pretty pretty well into your into your IMD biography that I had some questions about. It says that you play the piano and the clarinet. Is yes. there any clarinet on the album? There is absolutely none. No. <laughs> That's something I did in middle school and should probably be taken off my, my IMDb. <laughs> do, you, do you still have a parrot named Papagui? Papagaya, yes. She is here with me right now watching as we speak. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And are you truly afraid of clowns? Oh, I'm so afraid of clowns. You have no idea. Well, that's just... I mean, that's just... I don't even think that needs to be said. That's a normal human. But thing. I don't think you sh should put it in your bio because now people know your your weakness. Is that in my bio? Yes. What? You gotta check no. your IMDb page, Anna. But oh, also in your bio, and I'm wondering. This is the one that I really wondered about. Do you consider yourself a cross between Katie Holmes and Selena Gomez? <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> me, but um, my publicity team uh, would think that i suppose <laughs> so is that, is that where they come from the, these these write-ups i wasn't sure if they're a fan made or so your publicity team comes up with the, the these write-ups and put it up puts it up on the imdb yeah yeah that's okay. typically how it works well yeah and uh, not me running the page but no, no i think it was just <laughs> a fan of yours put that up and just like compiled all this information i think the obvious think the obvious difference between anna and um katie holmes and selena gomez is that anna can act Oh, oh, sick burn. Sorry, burn. Selena Gomez. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I've never seen Selena Gomez in anything. So um, <laughs> so that's mostly directed at Katie Holmes. Um, oh. Yeah, no, the, uh, the show is super great. I don't know how much time you have left um, because, you know. So just one more question about the show is, is are there more episodes planned or is that something we should be asking Jonathan? That's definitely something to ask Jonathan if it was up to me. A hundred percent, we would be making more. Well, um, it ended on a cliffhanger, so hopefully, 
I hope so. Yeah, we need to find out what happens with the green. Oh, wait, I'm not going to say it. Oh, yeah, don't say it. <laughs> but yeah, we need to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, um, so uh, what do you want to talk about now? Harvey Weinstein, the opioid epidemic? Oh, Lord. I'm kidding. Get right into it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we, I know you, ha you probably have to go, but we should do... Uh, You've been great, by the way. Thank you so much. I hope we haven't yeah, thank you. annoyed the hell thank out of you with this. Um, no, it's been hilarious. You guys are really funny. Um, but the last thing we usually do on this show is something we call recommendations, Asians, Asians. Ah. So uh, if you have some kind of pop culture recommendation for our listeners, Anna, please let us know. Uh -huh. Well, I will share with you what I'm currently watching and obsessed with, Handmaid's Tale. I think I'm a little late to jump on this, but it's amazing, and everyone should watch it. <laughs> yes, I recommended Agreed. myself on it's, the show before. Yeah, very oh. good. I'm going to do a similar recommendation, also based on a Margaret Atwood novel um, that is on Netflix currently, called Alias Grace. And, yeah. Um, and I don't, I won't give too much away, but it's unlike Handmaid's Tale. It's set in the past, but it's Margaret Atwood, so uh, you kind of know what to expect. It's really good, uh, Pat. What do you have? I'm going to recommend a book I haven't finished yet, but it's pretty amazing. So I think all the way through, it's going to be good. George Saunders, Lincoln and the Bardo. It's his latest novel, or I guess his first novel. His first he usually novel. writes yeah. short fiction. His short fiction is incredibly good. And this is also very good and engaging and easy to read, but also hard to read, but really pretty. So Lincoln and the Bardo. Wow, that was a succinct description, Pat, that tells us nothing. Thanks. I just bought that actually, <laughs> but I haven't started it yet. Um, well, Anna, it was a joy to meet you, if you can call talking over Skype meeting. And uh, we love your show. I hope it does super well for you. And um, Yeah, I want more. Yes, definitely. And you guys are too sweet. Thank you so much for having me on the show and being uh, so kind and gracious. No, thank you for being here. I mean, that's I think the most important thing here is that we've all made a new friend. And I think I'm not speaking out of turn when I say, in my case, a new best friend. So... We will let you go, Anna. And uh, <laughs> if you're ever in San Francisco, um, Skype me. I'll show you around. Um, awesome. Thank you. Sure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. That was Anna Golia. Uh, watch her show for sure. And uh, we'll be back later in this episode with Jonathan, the producer. Um, unless we don't get him, in which case this is going to sound really stupid. Have you turned him into a hip-hop artist so he doesn't have a last name? He's just called Jonathan yeah, the Producer. Yeah, he's just Jonathan the Producer. <laughs> JTP in the house. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll be back after a quick break. And one more time, thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. Could talk for whole days But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones oh. He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Bram Stoker's creation Alright, we are back and uh, 
during that 30-minute break, I somehow uh, got a stuffy nose. So thanks, Obamacare. Uh, we have with us Jonathan, the executive producer. I, I totally blanked on your last name, Jonathan. I'm so no sorry. No worries. It's uh, Hirsch. <laughs> Jonathan Hirsch, <laughs> uh, creator and executive producer of Fair Trade. And we just talked to Anna, um, kind of a diva. Yes, uh, but the best kind. The no, no, she she was the most awesome person. Like after talking to her for fifteen minutes, I was like, I want you to have every success you can have. And well, you know, she's so talented coming out with her music and her films, and she's a producer as well, and just hustling left, right, and center, and putting out great content. So you know, nothing bad to say about Anna. Nothing bad, no. And I'm dead inside, so that means something. Um, but one so, of the questions we. Did, did ha or do you want to wait for questions, John? Sorry, go ahead. Quest away, quest away. Like when we were talking, and I was wondering how you casted the show. Like, was she the first first person you came up with, or is it just how did that all come about? Well, we had a really amazing team: uh, Sean Ahmed, Scott Lever, Divya Shahani, and myself. Divya had been friends with Anna for a little bit, and they got in touch after I sort of put two and two together and realized that Anna was going to be perfect for the role. I brought her in through Divya Shahani and Sean and Scott met her and they just had her read for the role and were like, oh my God, no one would be better. Uh, it was just an instantaneous moment where everyone fell in love and we were yeah. like, we got to have you on set. And she was just uh, absolutely the consummate professional. Well, we yes, should... she was perfect in the role. We Go should ahead. mention absolutely. the the cast all around is great. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, the cast all around is fantastic. Sean and Scott, the directors and writers of the show, and also the producers, uh, really did a great job of bringing in some super talented, super high-level, exciting performers uh, into this project. And I mean, I don't know if you've uh, seen all five episodes, but from Julian Richings, Alyssa King, Pedro Miguel, Erickson, there's so many great pieces of talent and great people working on this project that made it what it is. And you, but you create, so uh, I guess you said there are other writers, but you've written on every episode. You created it. In Canada, is it a similar thing to uh, Britain where they have, you have to write every episode of, of your show? I, that's a great question. Uh, I've never worked in Britain. Okay. Uh, basically, the way the show came to be, and that, that's sort of how I created the show, was uh, essentially I had been driving Uber for about a year as research because I really wanted to write something about the sharing economy, about Uber, about this whole new world of uh, sort of the selfish millennial that really uh, is trying to make it. And then I had also written a, you know, a 10 page sort of deck thing uh, about these three best friends who live in an apartment in Chicago, kind of similar to my life, uh, how I had lived in Chicago for four years and um, with my three best friends. And we uh, had these two ideas and I met Sean and Scott and together we kind of, uh, you know, generated out this new thing that became fair trade. And that's sort of what we created out of this uh, jumble of ideas. And together we've sort of developed it over the past year and a half. And what you see before you is the results. Well, it's, well, uh, I guess we haven't said to you, but we both really enjoyed it. And it was, it, I was not expecting it. I, I don't know much about there's not as much info on you uh online um although your imdb page also weirdly calls you a cross between katie holmes and selena gomez so 
But I'm a cross between Katie Holmes and Selena Gomez. <laughs> Interesting. That's uh, the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> uh, I would have thought more Seth Rogen meets uh, maybe Jim Carrey. But, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, are you are you American? I wonder if they've actually ever, ever met Seth Rogen and Jim Carrey. You know what? If they met, they'd be the highest, uh, most spiritual beings in a room. Uh, it would be great. <laughs> yeah, they would, they would be battling it out over... Uh whether vaccinations so, are real or not, I guess. Through my internet stalking, and I might have gotten this wrong, are, are, is your father or uncle a producer of animated shows? Is that Michael Hirsch? Yeah, so Michael Hirsch is my father. He uh, started Nelvana back in uh, the 70s. Oh, and so if they you're, they, Pardon, sorry. If you were a kid in the 80s, you watched something that your, your, your dad's company produced. 100%. You don't just need to be a kid in the 80s. He uh, produced stuff all the way through till today. Uh, they're a hit show currently at uh, the company called Wow Unlimited, which is his new company, which was a merger of Frederator and uh, Rainmaker Studios in Vancouver. Their big hit right now is Castlevania on Netflix. Oh, awesome. Well, so th- this is my question. Are you American or Canadian? Well, I'm Canadian, born and raised. I went to school at CalArts uh, for lighting design. Big shout out to all the CalArtsians out there. And then, <laughs> so I studied theater and then I uh, moved on over to Chicago to study uh, theater directing at Columbia College in Chicago. And uh, then I realized I actually liked to eat and did not want to be a barista. Uh, so I moved over to the film and television world uh, shortly thereafter. Oh, and you had an in at least, right? Well, it's funny, because my whole life I've been fighting the in. Of course. Um, you know, and, and as you should. You should always try to make your own way. And uh, essentially what happened was, is my father said to me, you know, you've been working at a karaoke bar in Chicago for two years. If you don't write something funny about it, you just wasted two years of your life. I was like, you know what, you're right. And I wrote a script about that, and that got optioned. Uh, by a gentleman here in Toronto who's one of the larger producers, and then we got telephone financing to develop it. And so... I have a few feature scripts in development still, but uh, my focus right now is really the television space, especially in the branded content world. Awesome. Well, and well, Now go ahead, Pat. What does branded content mean? What's branded content mean? That's interesting because I think there's so many definitions of what branded content means. And in my case, branded content is content first that represents a brand's needs. So for example, in the case of Buds, they're a real brand, and uh, we had actually developed the show and approached them with scripts once we knew we needed the brand that represented millennial trading and sharing and the economy of, of change, really. Uh, so we approached Buds, and we naturally, seamlessly integrated them into the show as a brand that truly uh, drives the plot forward, and it's content first. I was going to ask, because... I, um, I, I had seen that buns was a thing, and I, but I didn't know if it was something wholly created from your show that you guys. Uh, so, in that way, you can uh, they help finance as well, I imagine. Well, yeah, exactly, and you know, it's not just about money anymore, right? Because we did have financing coming from Bell Media. Uh, we were a Bell Five Channel One show, so we have a really interesting releasing model, right? We're releasing directly to television on an on-demand platform, OTT, as well as releasing day and date on bunslife.com. Now, bunslife.com is the spinoff of buns.com. Buns.com is the app. It's the Facebook groups. It's the website where people actually come together and trade. So it is sort of a Craigslist hub uh, for the trading sharing economy. They have about 800,000 members. 
across all the platforms. So what we were able to do was take our content that was built for them and put it directly in the home of those 800,000 people. You know, we weren't trying now to drive eyeballs to content. Now we're driving eyeballs that exist to content that fits in with their lifestyle. It was a whole other way of approaching a marketing and releasing strategy. That's so interesting. See, this is why I've never done uh, gone anywhere in the uh, creative field because I this is stuff I don't even think about. Um, but well, it's, it's the way of the future, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, if you look at television today. I don't know about it in America. I don't want to go there. But in Canada today, our, the numbers are just going down, 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 down. People are cutting their cords. And the networks are trying to figure out ways to get back to those eyeballs. And branded content seems to be the most interesting way because it puts it right in front of those people who really care about that brand and about that content. Right. Right. And I, and I think the important thing about your show is not that it that the content is first because it's a hilarious absurd great show so if 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 you're on here telling us about branded content and it, and it w wasn't a good show i don't think that message would be as as interesting to me but your show is a, is a lot of fun well yeah we like i said you start with content first you start with the funny if it's not funny and if it's not engaging well then you've you've missed the mark to begin with anyway and then if you add a brand and it's more you know insult to injury to everybody right right which yeah which we've seen plenty of uh throughout the years for sure uh oh i have a question uh being Canadian, yeah, of course. have you ever met getty lee <laughs> i've not met getty lee i would love to meet getty lee oh well uh, my, i think my uh closest uh music idol i ever met was actually in america i was working uh for a karaoke bar as i had mentioned and the owner happened to own a bring your own booze strip club and he invited me there to, to kind of just hang out one night, of course, as all good bosses do when they own strip clubs. And uh, I walked into the VIP room and in there was a drummer, <coughs> excuse me, the drummer from Metallica and the bass player from Alice in Chains. Oh, that's so and so I was like, oh, I guess I'm partying with them tonight. And uh, it turned out to be a way more lame experience than any other rock star experience I would have ever expected to have been. You know? uh, it was interesting. Lars was air drumming. That's a, that's his wow. only there. Okay. Yeah, let's leave it there. I, well, I mean, bring your own beer strip club. It sounds like the quintessentially American uh, business model. Yes. You know what? It would be only more American if you could bring your guns and drugs, to it, right? You know that would just be the ultimate true uh, demo fun. Yeah. Well, well, in uh, in some states it's BYOB, so they can take more clothes off, which is a, a weird law. Anyway, in Chicago, it's so you don't have to have a liquor license. But anyway, <laughs> that, that aside. So back to fair trade. I mean, I, I would love to. I'd love to hear. Did you guys watch all five episodes? Yes. Oh, great. I watched four. I haven't watched the last one yet, but don't take offense because there's a lot of shows that I've watched nope. almost every episode of, like Veronica Mars. I'm almost done, and it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I just Pat has a problem finishing one. things. I don't know what he he thinks it's once he's done that his life's going to be empty. I don't know what well, his that deal up is. A, another question: Is there any plans or ideas on a second season? Well, there has to be with well, that with that uh, cliffhanger. I say. Absolutely. We're super excited to come out with a second season. Uh, fingers crossed. You know, we're hoping the engagement is there and we're hoping people started picking up the show and sharing it and loving it and really uh, enjoying it. Our end goal is to go to television and have a 22 minute sitcom in the short term. Buns is looking at producing a second season with us. 
but really, you know, it's all about who, if the audience engages and loves it, it will keep going and it will grow and grow and grow organically. And we're starting to see that. Episode one has about 30 something thousand views on it. And episode two is climbing at 12,000 views. We're putting out one a week. All five episodes are out, but we're pushing one a week out to its audience and sort of really targeting every audience that would really enjoy that show um, and bringing it to uh, the places where uh, that 800,000 person audience might not be. So we're branching out, placing it, uh, you know, for example, in HuffPo and different types of advertising. We're working with a super great uh, advertising group called Abacus here in Toronto that does specifically Facebook advertising buys. And we're really targeting it uh, in that way. And I think that's also a unique way of bringing content to people. Uh, it's bringing it to people who uh, will actually enjoy it and actually engage with it, as opposed to it's just another thing on a TV block. Hope you find it. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think that's an interesting way that the bringing TV shows to people through Facebook. I hate it, but I also like it because there's a couple shows I found that way that I enjoyed. I just... I didn't like watching it in that format. I had to go to another format. Like Funnier Die had the morning show that I forget the name of it, but it was really good with Ben Schwartz, and that's how I found out about through Facebook. And I think I think that does work, and it's an effective way to get people to see interesting, good things. Absolutely. Yeah, for old old ass people like us, Pat, we we resent it at first, but I think like for the younger people, they're totally into it. I think, um, which is probably who like you're not going for uh, senior citizens with this show, obviously. Anyway. Um, how's the response been overall? Have you guys got any any feedback or numbers or anything? I mean, I, you you mentioned some numbers. Obviously, you have some, but but actual feedback from from viewers. Have you heard a lot of that? So viewership feedback is great. I mean, we you can go look at episode one, which is one one that's been posted the most. Uh, that one there has got a lot of comments on it, which is all super awesome. Uh, but what the biggest feedback for me is is that people are joining Bunts. People are seeing the show and realizing that this is not just a made-up brand. It's not Kidman's, you know. It's like <laughs> this is a thing you can actually download and bring to your city. And, you know, if it's not there already because it's an app and it's worldwide and is geographically tagged, you know, if you're in New York and you want to trade something, you download the Buns app and start your own community. And same with Facebook groups. Yeah, it's super weird the way things are. But also super cool i think the way things are going now with this i myself cut the cord but there's like a million other ways to watch content now um well and like something that just a, a stat that i thought was super interesting was when we posted our trailer on the buns group it actually added a 10 percent new engagement that day that like when the post went up there were 10 percent new users joining buns that day that's cool. Yeah. Right. Right. Those are good numbers, right? So as a brand, Buns is sitting there going, okay, you're engaging our audience. You're bringing in a new audience. This is what we need. And what's really cool about the Facebook algorithm and is also torturous about the Facebook <laughs> algorithm is that it is changing daily. Right. Same with Instagram and same with any of the social medias. And what they're asking from their, you know, I don't want to say users, but their brands that utilize their platform is is that it's changing what they want what they want now is not just video it's 360 video 
So, you know, it used to be that photos were sort of the best thing you could do to create engagement. Now it's videos, the best thing you can do to create engagement. And now it's 360 video is the best <laughs> thing you can do to create engagement and elevate yourself up in the algorithm of Facebook, Instagram, whatever. What does that mean? That means you're going to start to see brands creating more and more great, unique content for Facebook specific platforms, driving traffic to their audiences, elevating them up in the algorithm. That's why branded content will be so important in the next few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not quite the same uh, as far as the the branding stuff, but it's a similar thing that, that happened with uh, broad city. I don't know if you're familiar with that show. Um, uh, yeah. And it's, it's super interesting. I, I love seeing these kind of things take off um, that just kind of come out of nowhere. They do, they're not, you know, promoted to death on ABC or, or whatever the equivalent is in, in, on the CBC. Um, yeah, it's absolutely, it's, it's really super cool. And, um, in some ways, possibly scary, depending on the, uh, depending on the brand that's getting into it, I guess. But <laughs> Well, you know, Buns, it was really interesting. They came on board when we had no audience and no numbers and nothing to show them. You know, it's, uh, it's really interesting uh, to be in that position where people trust you based on the content. You know, they read the scripts and said, you're right. This does fit our brand. It sells our message, but it's entertaining. And yeah. and that was their big thing. They've said they've been hit up by many producers in the past. This wasn't the first TV project to cross their door. Um, so we're hoping brands see us as Floating Island, this company, as the next company to come to when they need content. Because we know how to handle content and brands. That's super cool that that worked out that way. Yeah. Um, well, can I... Uh, back, to, back to the important uh, thing, Getty Lee. Um, I have hung out with Getty Lee backstage, so I guess that's uh, that's one up me. Little nobody, <laughs> little nobody podcaster one, big big shot TV guy zero. <laughs> Rats. Nice to know I'm working with a name dropper. I didn't. Mean, yeah, I should have picked that up. Um, well, Alex Lyson as well, if you want another one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those no, super nice guys. In fact, uh, I, I think Pat from now on just Canadian guests on this show. What do you think? I don't know if many Canadian guests would be willing to come on the show, but we got you know, two, the, so maybe... The benefit of taking Canadian guests, though, is that, you know, if we get sick, you know we're going to be alive for your show. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, that brings up another question I have. Um, would you be willing to do a sham marriage so that I can get Canadian citizenship? Hey, you know, you sound like a nice gentleman. <laughs> Oh, wait, this is a question I meant to ask Anna, but you have a certain level of fame. Can you give me Hamilton tickets? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hamilton tickets. Oh, dear. I think those are like, uh, you've you got to give your firstborn up for those, don't you? Well, it's been a couple years, so now it's secondborn. Oh, yeah. dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> secondborn. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> um, well, more about, about fair trade. Uh, so... Here's my question. As somebody who writes just for fun, the idea of it, did it come to you from reading an article about the the trade economy and it kind of blossomed from that? Or was it from actually experiencing it? Like you said, uh, I don't know if the Uber uh, part of your 
your research was purely for research or if that was a job that you had to do at the time. Um, where did the idea spring from? Right. So uh, it's a multi-part, uh, multi-faceted answer. So this Uber that I was doing was not a job. It was just purely, I was super interested in the concept of, you know, sharing economy. People were doing tool shares at the time. Uh, people were starting to come up with these uh, office shares, which were brand new at the time. And I really liked the idea that Uber was this gray market illegal uh, uh, disruptor. And I just thought, you know, if you're going to write about something, you have to really know about it. You got to delve into it and you got to be part of it. Uh, so that's why I did the Uber thing. And when I got together with Sean and Scott, we really talked about the sharing economy. All three of us had been using buns already as members as buns. Uh, we had done a lot of weird trades. Like I had traded uh, two metal climbing pulleys because I was uh, not really in the best shape and not going to climb anymore. And I traded it for 56 two-byte brownies. The guy worked at the two-byte brownie factory. He's like, you tell me what you want. I said, you surprised me. He showed up <laughs> to my office with 56 two-byte brownies. Uh, Sean, one of the writers, he traded 12 subway tokens or TTC tokens, whatever you want to call them, for uh, an antique piano that was over 150 years old. Man. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've traded massages for film production. We've traded all sorts of weird stuff, right? And I, I just traded some candy the other day for a painting. Like, it's really all about, like, what do you need? What do you have? What do you want to get rid of? What services can you offer? And I think that's super exciting. Then Sean and Scott had also read a few articles on the guy who traded a paperclip for a Ferrari. And, you know, there was a few documentaries on this. And from looking at it and examining it, it just felt like the most absurd, silly group of people uh, that are super left-leaning and, you know, very PC and super fun to, like, watch as people and watch them discover things and watch them learn things. Uh, after we sort of established that as our concept, we just started writing ideas down. And, uh, you know, as you saw in the episodes, they ranged from everything from, uh, you know, a cat cafe to a... Uh, Car repairs, uh, car repair episodes, and even a cookie restaurant, right? <laughs> and I do love. This is what I love about the characters is that they are, they well, they give lip service to very liberal progressive causes, but they're super not self-aware. Um, and so compare them selfish. to the Oh It's Funny guys, right? They're the millennials who are selfish that you hate to love, but you got to see how they end up, right? Yes. Their journey is half the fun. Right. Well, exactly, and the and the acting. I mean, that's another thing. With you, you got to get the right actors to to do that, so that uh, you can feel sympathy for them. How how did you find the other two main main actors? They were both of them were really good as well. Absolutely. So Daryl was a, con a Canadian Comedy Award winner. He's just super awesome and to work with, and you know he's a second AD as well. So he's got a lot of training and a lot of experience in the industry. Erin, uh, she's just a fabulous performer who's done a few shorts and uh, quite a bit of television and whatnot. And uh, they're both friends of Sean and Scott. And, uh, you know, they brought them into audition. And I was just like, this is fantastic. The three of them <laughs> have such amazing chemistry. And, you know, how could we go wrong? So were you in, you were involved in all, like in the casting and every level of this, putting the show together? As the executive producer and producer and creator and, you know, guy driving the truck sometimes and 
the guy who call in some gear and picking up lunch and, you know, every single person on this crew from the DP Gail Yee to, you know, our costume people to our uh, designer, Bree Proke, to our directors, writers, we were all moving gear and making this happen. This show, you know, I don't want to say it was made on a shoestring. We made it for $50,000 cash and traded for the rest. Um, <laughs> but we saved 75% of our production budget through trading and through uh, bunzing for things we needed. Oh, that's know, so really, awesome. Yeah, we really fit the model of the show to the model of the content. It really was content first, even in how we made the show. That's fun. You know, like I, an example of a little thing we would do that most shows do not do is at the end of every lunch period, uh, we'd have, you know, huge amounts of waste. Huge, huge, huge amounts of waste. And uh, what I would do is I'd go on buns. There's something called buns helping and hungry zone. Hungry zones for people who are uh, unable to afford food. And so we posted it every day, the food that was available. And people would come from all over the city and pick up their lunch. Uh, we fed, yeah. So one, one lunch period, I think it was my favorite. A woman came, she was crying and hugging us. Uh, we fed her six children. And she's a single mother. Yeah. And most productions just throw this food out, right? Sure. So we were just trying to figure out ways to really, you know, help everyone. But also, you know, it's it's all part of the marketing for the show. It's how can we buns and you know be great buns back to the community as well. So it, yeah, that's 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 super cool. I got to get on this buns. I have so much useless shit hanging around my house. That sounds. Crazy. I love that. <laughs> um, but, but it sounds like um, to use a music term, it. It's very like old school kind of punk DIY almost in a way, aside from the, you know, the buns or the, you know, you did have some money, but the way you guys put it together, I really, I really admire that. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. Everyone we show the show to says it looks like, you know, a million dollar show and it really does. The quality of the show is up there with anything you'll see on television today, which shot in 4K and whatnot, and uh, you know everyone put their best foot forward, and it looks freaking amazing. And Bell provided us with some of the best colorists in the business. Roy Jenke was just amazing and made it look so beautiful. Um, so yeah, we're super proud of what we put out. It's great. I want to do a little fanboying for just a second. Uh, one, it's as I mentioned, it's the great in the great tradition. I think of uh, Canadian comedy. It's very weird, which I love. Uh, and one scene, I, I don't want to give anything away about it um, because I want people to watch it, but uh, that had me actually laughing out loud was uh, involved a cat opening a door, which I thought was <laughs> super hilarious. Um, That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Try to get to episode five, folks. Bunslife.com. <laughs> Make sure you go and watch all five episodes. Do, for sure. Um, yeah, and... Uh, and another thing, there, shoot, there was something else I wanted to speak. Uh, I was going to ask Anna that I'm trying to conjure in my stupid brain right now. Um, but speaking of Anna, she was so nice. She actually talked to us after we were off the air still. And I was like, you are oh, wonderful. You are wasting your valuable time right now. Um, <laughs> I can't I can't speak enough to how awesome she she was. Um, oh, I know what it was. Uh, whose decision was, was it your decision to have uh, Anna's character janet wear the exact same outfit in every episode i found that hilarious as well well actually that would come down to our uh, production designer brie proke and our director sean and scott they uh really delve deep into this character that anna plays which is this cult escapee um they yes, really it's very fitting yes 
Yeah, it's very fitting of a cult escapee. And it's funny because I had dinner recently with a lady who admitted to me that she was a cult escapee. And the whole dinner, I was like, oh, my God, you're this character <laughs> before she admitted it. And then she admitted it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is craziness. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, you know, it's uh, it's a weird character. It's a fun character. Uh, I, I've been watching a lot of the Leah Remini uh, escaping from uh, Scientology. Just Yeah, just to sort of, like, uh, see what real cult folk would uh, be like. And it's very very reminiscent of this character and uh yeah in terms of her outfit i think it's just fitting that she escaped from a cult she really only has what she left the cult with and you know it's a silly sweater and she's got some silly pajamas and, you know Speaking it's uh, fun fun outfit one of, one of my favorite moments from the, <laughs> the episodes is, is when um her character's name is Janet, right? Uh, uh, Anna's character is uh, Janet, correct? Yes. Where she turns on the authority in that that one episode to to tell the other two characters what what is wrong with them. That was one of the funniest and really great acting moments of the entire series. Where she, every other moment in in the show, she's very meek, but that in in that that scene, she just turns it on. It was it was very funny. Yeah, no, we're hoping to see a lot more of that side of her in season two. That's really, uh, if, I think that's as much of a hint as I can give. That Good. sort of uh, might, might give you an idea of where we're going. Well, and, and, you know, well, I'm in Northern California, so it's it's probably more of a thing here, but cult escapees are not that uh, uncommon. I, I have, I'm friends with three women who are all cult escapees, basically. I mean, they, they oh. grew up with it as children, at least, you know? Um, and it's, right. so this is super, it's super interesting to me. Um, on a personal level, but and on a personal level, I'd love to hear their response. Uh, you know, it it's always interesting to me to hear people's response to what they associate with most. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely let them know about it for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Pat, have you got anything like pertinent or or interesting to ask? That I mean, it would be a first, but I'm. <laughs> no, I ever. I I was just laughing about the fact that Aaron was on an episode of Murdoch Mysteries, and anytime I think of that show, I think of Christian, which is Christian Brune from uh, oh, from, from Orphan Black. Orphan Black, yeah, because he always talks about being on it. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I I mean, I, you got I nothing, think, Pat. No. I, yeah. I, Everybody watch oh, Fair Trade. Um, yeah. Oh, I did have one final question. That the artwork on the poster. Who, the, did you did you design that yourself? Where did that come from? Not just the poster, but you know the opening scene. Absolutely. So our relationship with Buns was really interesting because one of the first things that happened with them is they said, "We love you guys. We want to give you full autonomy, um, and we're changing our logo." And I was like, "What?" Because they had this amazing logo uh, of a troll. And they now have an amazing logo that's a little more uh, relatable to the actual content of what Buns is. But I was like, how can we in any way utilize this amazing past uh, library of art they had? And so they had this artist named Donald Clement, and he had designed a whole library of Toronto-based uh, trolls. So all of the artwork you see is Donald Clement, and we took our graphic designers and kind of reutilized it in different ways. But yeah, it's all based on the original uh, Buns logos of the Donald Clement artwork. And the animation was a, a, a person uh, from CalArts who I happen to remember and love and worked with again. Well, so yeah, it's... 
Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. But it's, it's all based on that Donaldson network. I, I love the look and the animation. Yeah, it's great. And uh, I was going to ask you for some swag, but I guess maybe I'll just go to Buns and see if I can get a, a fair trade poster there. <laughs> you know, we could probably get some swag sent your way. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, Jonathan Hirsch, uh, an amazing show. I was so happy that I liked it because otherwise this would have been an awful interview for me. Um, but it is a really great show. And... Uh, before we leave, let's do uh, something we always do at the end of the show. Recommendations, Asians, Asians. Jonathan, I know you had something you would like to recommend. I think every single listener of your show should go out there right now and watch Meet the Feebles by Peter Jackson, one of my favorite films of all time. And I want I think we should actually do an episode on this, Pat, because Pat is a huge Muppets fan, and this is going to disturb him greatly. I... <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're a huge Muppets fan, I, I have a quick anecdote, anecdote for you. So as a child, I was quite traumatized by the Sesame Street Studios. My father was shooting uh, Dog City there, and I got a tour of Sesame Street, and uh, in the corner, Snuffleupagus was hanging by its feet with no head. Oh, my God. It was plated on the ground, and I was about five years old at the time. So forever have I been traumatized by the Muppets. Watch Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles. Pat, what have you got? Uh, new show on, I think it's True TV, but if you can find it anywhere, you should watch it. It's At Home with Amy Sedaris, where she has recipes and home designs, and it's in that Amy Sedaris way that's really awesome, and great guest stars. And yeah, just Amy Sedaris in general, I think, is a good recommendation. Yeah. Um, I think I will, this will come as no surprise to anybody who's ever heard me talk for more than two seconds. Uh, new Husker Du box set uh, of their early years. Go get it for the two people who know who Husker Du is. You'll enjoy it. If you don't know them, go buy some of the, uh, the more poppy stuff. Uh, I will also recommend, because uh, Pat loves when I get political on this show and earnest, so... Uh, I just got back from Europe, and uh, it has been nothing but a cavalcade of horrific news stories all week. And I might have recommended this before. You know, dog and cat videos are good for, for that when you're you're feeling super bummed about the news. Uh, but there is a video you can find on YouTube of Mr. Rogers. Uh, I don't know if you guys had him in Canada. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking before Congress on the importance of children's educational programming. It will restore your faith in humanity. Uh, I, whenever you're feeling down, just go watch that. It works. Uh, Absolutely. You know, Mr. Rogers, one of my moments, just like you, uh, whenever you're feeling down, I always Google Mr. Rogers, the box. Do you oh, remember this one? No, I don't. So, so he gives the kids a gift, his viewers a gift, and he hands the viewers a box. And he says, open this box. And he opens it up and inside's another box and open up the box. And there's about five boxes inside the box. And he gets to the last box and he says, inside this box is your present. And he opens it up and he goes, it's not empty. It's full of air. And I was always like, you know what? Life is never empty. It's always full of air. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Rogers is the best. Classic, classic. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you and, so much. Yes, awesome. we love the show. And um, and everybody watch. And uh, yeah, I guess watch find find Fair Trade. Watch it as much as you can. And you can get it at bunslife.com. B-U-N-Z-L-I-F-E.com. Yes. And for Americans, Z equals Z. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Uh, 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 Pat, you want to do your little ending spiel, or do we we even sure. care? All right. Oh, uh, yeah. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com if you have any comments, questions, want to be on the show, or anything else. Uh, like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes and write a review if you like. And most importantly, tell your friends. Tell your stupid idiot friends to listen. Yes, the most important thing. All right. Um, well, thank you once again. And until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.